With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast, live edition. Clayton Safey here with special guest Isaiah Hull of Wolverines Wire in the Locked On Wolverines podcast. We're going to talk about all things Michigan football with the coaching staff changes. We'll get to your questions as well, so please drop those in the live chat here on YouTube. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button, subscribe to our channel, and we have a special offer over at thewolverine.com. Uh, promo code UM1 gets you two months of premium access for just $1. I know Isaiah is a, uh, we follow his work very closely. He follows ours as well over on uh, thewolverine.com. But man, thanks for doing it. Thanks for being here. Kept me afloat during vacation, right? Because I tried to unplug as much as I could in the worst possible time to unplug. So I True. just, I'd go to thewolverine.com every morning while I waited for Sarah to get ready and, it kept me kept me abreast of the things that were happening since I just I told everyone do not contact me I just wanna I just wanna live my life and it was due to uh, the fine work that you all do over there that uh, I still know what's going on. Well, appreciate that for sure. Hope you had a great vacation. Um, oh, it was terrible. Much, actually. much deserved. Well, okay. Well, hopefully, <laughs> no, hopefully kidding. that's not true. Um, appreciate you being here. Let's talk a little bit of coaching staff stuff and then get into some people's questions as well and again feel free to drop those in the live chat here on youtube we have some from our premium message board the fort over at the wolverine.com that we'll get to but it doesn't have to just be on coaching you can ask about last year's 15-0 season you know covering the team anything behind the scenes that we can get to as well that people want to know so uh completely open-ended if it's a dumb question then we will not answer it so ask away uh, but let's start with uh, Don Wink Martindale being hired uh, by Michigan as a defensive coordinator. Spent, you know, he's been an NFL coordinator for about ten years uh, in the league, four years with the Ravens, the last two with the Giants before kind of a uh, a parting there. Uh, and then we'll talk about Steve Klinkscale as well leaving. Um, you know, about a day later after Wink was hired, which is a tough loss. But uh, Isaiah, what were your thoughts on Wink Martindale coming in? A guy who hasn't been in college since 2003 at Western Kentucky is now Michigan's DC. Well, I know some of the, some of the uh, more scheme fanatics who uh, follow me weren't as enthused as I was, but I think it's a home run to be honest. And it, it to me, it's kind of the, this the tale, the people who aren't like as excited about it, they're they're looking at it through the same lens that they looked at a lot of the coaching hires, right? And they they said a lot of the same things about Mike McDonald and Jesse Minter, and that they they weren't excited for you know they come up with reasons why. To me, uh, I was corrected that he is was not the official architect of the defense, but in the Ravens and what they were running and how they were running it, he he was the the one who was running it, right? And it was under his tutelage that. Mike McDonald and Jesse Minter learned uh, the the version of the defense that they brought to Ann Arbor to run. So it's funny because I, I remember talking to to Ballas about it uh, 
month ago, right? Like, who are they going to get? And both of us both settled in on Wink Martindale, but more is like a joke. Like, that would be hilarious and amazing, but we know that's not going to happen. He's an NFL guy who's been around forever. There's no way that he lowers himself. You know, you know how they think of themselves in NFL circles. No way he lowers himself to to go, coming back to college after having not been in college for 20 years. And it just all, all kind of like Jim Harbaugh coming to Michigan in the first place, the stars somewhat aligned and it ended up working out. And I think that there, there's a lot of people obviously that are going to say a lot of kind of ridiculous things like this is Don Brown 2.0. Listen, Wink Martindale's a, a heck of a lot better than that. He's not a one trick pony. Uh, he, he, as you look at his, uh, at his, even his record the last two years with the giants. Yes. He blitzes a lot at times. It's all kind of tailor made to who he's facing. And uh, there are yep. times where he goes blitz heavy and and it has uh, it has, you know, usually done pretty well. Uh, and there's times where he backs off. And I think that there, there's no better person to bring in than the guy who the other two learned from. And will it be as exciting? I don't know. We'll see. Right. Because those were two in McDonald and Minter who were trying to climb up the ladder, improve themselves and earn, you know, jobs at the next level, which both of them obviously have at this point. Uh, but nonetheless, I think Wink is going to want to prove that he still can be that top tier NFL defensive uh, coordinator. And it's just funny to me still seeing some of the Michigan backlash when uh, I, I saw before he got hired by Michigan, a lot of uh, Dallas Cowboys fans who thought that he was coming to Dallas and were over the moon with for the idea of him coming and coordinating the, the Cowboys storied uh, defense and it didn't end up uh, going that way so michigan fans should be grateful and thankful because i think that this is a heck of a hire so anthony and i anthony and i last thursday went through and this is before he was hired we went through some of the blitz rate stuff i mean it was like you know they were first in the nfl a few years in a row he was you know never finished lower than eighth in a percentage of of blitzes on on passing downs uh, but you're right. If you look at it game by game, and there have been some articles that have kind of broken this down, he does tailor it to the opponent, and they'll you know kind of do very similar uh, things in that way to what Jesse Minter did at Michigan the last two seasons. You know, Mike McDonald. We had a smaller sample size of what he did at Michigan, but it feels you know very similar. I remember Mike McDonald. This stuck with me, especially coming off the Don Brown era and covering that. Uh, but I remember him saying it was either the first spring or in fall camp when he got in. You know, he said, we're going to have a pretty, you know, we're going to have a menu of what we can do defensively. And it's going to be a lot, uh, but it's going to be different every week, you know. So it may not be it may not be massive every single week, um, but we're going to be able to do a lot within a season. And we saw that. Um, do you have any concerns about him? as a recruiter, because the way I look at it is he's probably not going to be, you know, if there's a, uh, you know, when the dead period ends, I don't think he's going to be on the road every single day traveling the country. I think he'll probably make some spot recruiting trips, visit top targets, that sort of thing. And I think when you get guys on campus, that's where he's going to really flourish as a recruiter, because he's going to be the face of that defense. He's a guy that once you get these recruits or transfers, or even your current players that you're always trying to recruit, in a room with him and he's talking defense and he's talking about coaching Ray Lewis and, you know, a bunch of different guys throughout the, his years in the NFL, that that's going to resonate with them. Also, he's a, you know, he's a player's coach. It seems like his players like him. Um, that's huge, obviously in college these days. And I think that could help recruiting as well. So it may not be traditional. I think as long as you 
surround him with guys who are grinders on the recruiting trail. Like I think that they can, but they still need to do and fill out the defensive staff. Then I think they should be fine there. But uh, do you kind of, you know, are you in that same boat, I guess, with, with your perspective on him as a recruiter? I'm I'm not terribly concerned with him as a recruiter because how, how much did we really talk about Mike McDonald or Jesse Minter going out there right. and being avid recruiters? I don't, I, I, I've, I've seen the work that you guys have put out on your board. I've seen, I read EJ, a lot of EJ's uh, articles. You know, I have my ear to the ground uh, on certain recruitments. Uh, not once did I ever hear like, man, Minter really sold this one, right? Like it's, it has not been the case, you know, and uh, it's kind of like what Ohio state fans talk about Jim Knowles. You know, Jim Knowles is not a guy who was out there on the road and doing a heck of a lot of stuff. It's It's more of the, rest of the defensive staff at Ohio state that does it. It's just like in the last two years, it's been rest of the Michigan defensive staff that's been out there recruiting. So uh, I, as long as the, the, the other defensive coaches or the area coaches are out there doing it, that to me is, is uh, bigger. I'm sure that Sharon being an avid recruiter himself has probably asked him like, Hey, we'd like you to do a little bit here, you know, do go out on the road and do, do some things, maybe some of our bigger targets, but I think even just by virtue, the fact that Michigan has Sharon Moore now as the head coach is a guy who is That's an it. avid recruiter, was one of the ace recruiters. I mean, Jim Harbaugh, yeah, he goes out on the road and everything, but he's never been known as a guy that was going to go out there. Like most of the times when I talked to recruits, they talked about uh, about their position coach. Uh, if it when it was Josh Gaddis is the or, or Sharon Moore is the offensive coordinator, they talked about their relationships with them more than Jim Harbaugh. Now, at least you have a head coach that's that's an avid recruiter. So it matters to me less if your NFL caliber, not even caliber, NFL defensive coordinator who can throw out some of those names, right? That that's something that you just can't, you can't replicate and he can, you know, they can come and they can meet with him and they can get to know him when they come to Ann Arbor. And to me, that's enough, right? You don't necessarily need him to be out there, uh, you know, doing any kind of antics and really just kind of making things look like uh like he's a young young guy right he's all football he's all business when he comes to town he'll be football he'll be business and that will be enough to sell a lot of guys outside of the you know nil sphere true you're still gonna have to get that going that that's you know regardless of who's the coach that included if jim harbaugh was here have to improve there same with sharon Moore. but no i i agree with you on uh you know on, on wink's involvement there uh, Steve Klingscale is a guy who was a great recruiter and overall great dude. I, I enjoyed covering him. And, you know, when we got to talk to him in media settings or, you know, just kind of see him around, I mean, the dude had his own logo on his hat. Like he just had a, a presence to him that I appreciated old school type of guy. And, you know, it does, you know, it is too bad for Michigan that, that he's moving on to the Los Angeles chargers looked like there, you know, there were indications that he was going to stay at Michigan. Um, you know, it seemed like from what our Chris Ballas reported, you know, the the buyout there was one of the hangups. And that's why we weren't as, you know, speaking at, um, about it in as certain of terms when there were indications that he was going to come back. I don't know if Los Angeles decided to pay the buyout or not um, or all of it or not. But it seemed like after the Wink Martindale hiring and knowing that Steve Klinkscale wanted to be the defensive coordinator, that this just may not have worked uh, with them together. But what are your thoughts on that loss and kind of what went down there? Oh, it, it is certainly a loss. And, you know, you mentioned his recruiting. I mean, there were certainly 
he was an avid recruiter, but, uh, you know, I, when I look at his wins and losses, it, it's been more of a development that he is the bigger loss than True. being able to go out there and get, you know, the top flight guys, right? Like, I, you know, you keep in mind that he, you know, swung for the fences with uh, Aaron Scott and Bryce West and missed out on both of them. Uh, so I, it, it, they didn't, he, there was never really a point where it was outside of Will Johnson, right? Where, uh, who came aboard uh, before Clink even, you know, he, he was he was on the board before Clink even actually ended up uh, at Michigan. If memory serves, uh, there, there really hasn't been anyone that uh, he's one that you sit there and look at and say, now that is a heck of a recruiting win. He's gotten great guys. So don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to disparage him in that light. But uh, the, the development piece certainly uh, has been phenomenal. And that's that's where and, and talent identification, right? DJ Waller, uh, you, you look at Josiah Edmond. Uh, just absolutely shooting up the uh, recruiting rankings and now outranking uh, uh, in one of the services. I don't remember which one or at least a couple of them uh, outranking uh, Bryce West, who was seen at for a long time as the top guy uh, in the country at corner. And they get a three star from Purdue that uh, certainly didn't look like he was uh, much of anything only to be now ranked in the uh, high hundreds. Uh, so uh, the development and the identif talent identification piece, the state of Ohio, uh, all of that is uh, obviously very important. So uh, they're going to have to replace that, uh, the relation to the kids. Uh, we obviously always like to, off camera, We, you and I always like to say, you know, we like to coach them hard, but love them harder. You know, like that's uh, coach them up and love them up. Those, any variation of that that Clink said. I mean, he's certainly a strong personality. Uh, and it, it sucks to lose a guy like that. Uh, someone that you really felt that... Uh, that the, the kids absolutely loved, they played for, and we saw what they were able to do under him. Like, again, the development piece is invaluable. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, you know, that's uh, that's showbiz, baby. So they're going to move on. And uh, certainly there, there's a couple guys that are rumored uh, at different positions that could have a similar kind of uh, uh, impact. Uh, we'll, we'll just have to see. But it's... It's a shame, especially considering it seemed like he was going to be the one continuity hire that they were going to have on the defensive side. And from all indications, he was staying and something changed at the 11th hour. And um, it's not surprising that Jim Harbaugh wants to bring as many people as he can. I mean, if he's not bringing Sharon Moore, he didn't end up getting his son. You, you wonder if uh, if Jay Harbaugh ended up going to uh, LA, if that made would have made him lay off uh, trying to bring in Clink at one point. But there was just so much competition for these guys, considering it's not just Jim Harbaugh trying to get his guys with Jesse Minter. Uh, it's also Mike McDonald trying to get guys, right? So it, it's it's a very small pool of people who have run this system. So now it's just going to be up to, uh, to Wink to replace Clink. For sure. And you bring up a great point there at the end. It, it was really tough, you know, I think tougher than expected for Sharon Moore to make the defensive coordinator hire and maybe some of these other defensive hires. We'll see what happens. But it just so happened that, that when Jim Harbaugh leaves and he takes Jesse Minter with him, Mike McDonald gets a head coaching job, which leaves John Harbaugh in a lurch as well. Anthony and I discussed this on the show last week, too. I want to get your thoughts. Now, there, you know, it may have limited Michigan's candidate pool in the short term term here. But in the future, now there are guys in Seattle, Los Angeles, Baltimore, Michigan, maybe even Charlotte, you could say, with the you know Charlotte 49ers, that are running a similar defense. And that could actually help them out because if Wink is not long for this job, if he is 
going to be here for two seasons, let's say, and then goes back to the NFL as a defensive coordinator, they're going to be guys training in multiple different spots here. And I think a lot of guys would jump at the opportunity to be Michigan's defensive coordinator, especially seeing as how it led to Mike McDonald becoming an NFL head coach a couple of years later, Jesse Minter now being an NFL DC and potentially wink, you know, going on to back to the NFL as a DC. But don't you feel like maybe in the long term, uh, they may be actually, it might be a little bit easier and, and you may even promote from within at some point, but I know it's looking a couple years down the road potentially, but I think that eventually this could end up being a positive for them. Yeah. It, it's I would like what Jim Harbaugh said with the Michigan West thing. And I know everyone's kind of ragging on that at the moment, you know, because yeah. you know, he's pilfering and pillaging uh, the current staff, but I mean, it wasn't going to, you know, he wasn't just going to take some, someone that was a leftover, uh, at uh, with the Chargers and say, you know what, you'd be good for Michigan, right? He's going to have to have his people, and uh, and then you know have a couple other hires that kind of work for him there that maybe don't come along. I mean, it, it's certainly feeling like defensively he's bringing pretty much the whole band back together. We'll see if he brings Chris Partridge over there, uh, but uh, nonetheless, I mean, he's going to have to be able to bring in his people and be able to hand them back to Sharon Moore. Uh, at to get at that promotion for that Michigan West thing to be an accurate thing. So it, it, it was going to take time uh, for that to happen. And it, it's going to be more of a two, three, four years down the road when Sharon's like, hey, I need a linebackers coach or I need a defensive coordinator or I need an offensive coordinator. And he can j- go to Jim Harbaugh or Mike McDonald in that moment and then be able to say, and they'll be able to say, I have an up and comer who I think is perfect for that. Right. They're, they aren't in that position to be able to do that at the moment. And I think the, the hard part is, and I mentioned uh, Chris Partridge earlier, that would have been the, the likely DC in waiting. There would have been an internal hire probably. And I think that's why he was brought on as the linebackers coach, why they were willing to give a firm handshake to George Hilo. Uh, because I think that they looked at it and said, we can bring in a guy who can be the next defensive coordinator and not leave anytime soon. It just happened. He was a casualty of this whole Connor Stallions thing. So I think that that's where, where things kind of the, the plan went awry for Jim Harbaugh to some degree. And, uh, and now Sharon Moore obviously has to kind of write, you know, write his own path to some just a little bit here. Uh, but nonetheless, I think that those dividends will come down the road. You just got to give it some time. And I think that Michigan's at least currently it's, it's getting set up to a place where, okay, that defense still probably should be a really, really good one. If not the best one in the big 10, I know that in down in Columbus and, uh, and certainly, uh, other places around the country, uh, Oregon there, that they'll have their, uh, their say, but I think that with the, a mixture of the personnel and the, at least Wink Martindale coming in some of the rumored hires that he's going to be having uh, come and uh, replace some of those guys who have left. I, I think that they'll still be in a really, really good spot. No doubt. And the key there is keeping the, these guys, you know, after, whether that's after spring ball or doesn't seem like, you know, many guys will leave in the next 11 days until that transfer portal window closes. But as long as they can keep the defense, especially intact, which is the side of the ball you're worried about with all the, the staff changes there, that's going to be huge. And, and the last thing for me, just on, on clink leaving and really to a, you know, to the same extent, Mike Elston going as well. Like those guys wanted to be the defensive coordinator, you know, from all indications. And I trust Sharon Moore's judgment there that he wanted to look elsewhere for it. I think he understood the risk that came with doing that, that they could leave 
that also players, you know, may get a little bit frustrated. And that tells me even more so that he probably re- made the right call. You know, I, I think both of those guys are great assistant coaches. Um, but just based on, you know, what Sharon Moore did there and, and judging his actions there, I think to me, that was probably the right call. And, you know, if the staff dynamic wasn't going to be great, if those guys stayed and didn't get what they wanted, then, you know, I'm not saying it's addition by subtraction because those are great, great coaches. But I still think that you can build a great staff that just looks different and might be unexpected for Michigan fans that thought they were going to keep more of these guys in the fold. But it just doesn't seem like that's going to be, well, it's definitely not reality right now on the defensive side, at least. And, you know, I feel like that's just kind of where we're at. But um, yeah, and and to to that point, you know, they they changed the entire defense when they brought in Mike McDonald. And that, that was a different scenario, right? Because this was coming off of Don Brown in his worst year. Uh, he he wasn't really bad. He wasn't great against Ohio State, but he wasn't bad overall until that 2020 year. They broomed the entire defense. No one had really any reasons to believe that it was going to be great, and then it ended up being great. You know, you just kind of have to let things play out and see how they ended up working out. And I I think that at least by keeping the continuity schematically, that's gonna that's gonna do a lot. And being able to the you know Wink sits down and says. You know, I know everything. You know, he's seen a lot of football, right? He's seen a lot more football than Minter or he's seen a uh, lot of balls kicked off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're we're gonna be using uh Jim Harbaugh uh idioms for quite some time, I feel, but it's uh you, you know that that's gonna pay a lot of dividends. And like you said, we gotta get through spring. Uh I think the fact that they included uh some of those players in the interview process for for Wink. I think that that helps a lot, right? Because it becomes they they have more blood in the game, right? More skin in the game, I should say, uh, than some uh, than if you, you were just a cog that they, you know, it's like okay, go out and do your thing, dummy, right? Like that, you know, you don't have anything to do with the coaches. That that's been like the culture change from the beginning, right? Was players have skin in the game, yeah, and and like that that's gonna help, like. Oh, you're you're gonna go for you know you're gonna go to Texas you're gonna go to Oregon or one any you know any of these schools that are paying big money you're gonna go to one of those schools and then become just another guy you know whereas here you have ownership like you said so that's a big difference no doubt um, you know we're talking about continuity you brought up that word you know who has continuity is Lewis Jewelers in the Ann Arbor community they've been serving Ann Arbor and Detroit Isaiah. Since 1921, their reputation and continued success stems from our belief that a successful jewelry store is built on integrity, quality customer service, and quality products. They're a proud partner of Michigan Athletics and the Wolverine to uh, to ensure that every client that walks through their doors or peruses their virtual store is taken care of. They have a non-commissioned, trusted advisor team that's always ready to provide professional experience, advice, and expertise. No pressure. No commission. They're located in the bustling city limits of Ann Arbor, Michigan. And uh, Lewis Jewelers is proudly serving the Ann Arbor community. Uh, they provide an exquisite selection of fine jewelry as well as excellent customer service to its residents and visitors. You can visit them at their new location, 300 South Maple Road, Ann Arbor. It's an awesome building uh, that popped up over there or online at lewisjewelers.com. So thank you to Lewis Jewelers. Great sponsor. It's it's also where Ann Arbor gets engaged. If if people didn't know, so make sure to uh, make sure to check out Lewis Jewelers for all of your jewelry needs. They've been serving the Ann Arbor and Detroit communities since 1921. Um, let's talk about Greg Scruggs, uh, who looks like 
Michigan's next defensive line coach from Wisconsin, spent a year there. Uh, he was an assistant defensive line coach for the New York Jets in 2022. He spent uh, a few seasons with Luke Fickle at Cincinnati as well, was the defensive co uh, line coach from 2020 to 2021. They built a really good defense there, You know, took them to the college football playoff in 2021 where they were smashed by Alabama, like many others that came before them in that college football playoff mm. semifinal. Takes a Not great team. Yeah, it takes a, yeah, it takes an amazing team, really the best ever, to go into the college football playoff yeah. semifinal and beat an Alabama football team, no matter what year it is. No question about that. So, and we saw it firsthand on January one. So, this is a guy who also played five seasons in the NFL. He got the pedigree there. He won two Super Bowls, which is crazy in his five years. Like Mike Dana. Oh, what's that? He's like Mike Dana. That's true. Yeah, he absolutely is. And shout out to Mike Dana for winning his second straight Super Bowl last night with the Chiefs. Uh, I couldn't have done sure. it without him. That's right. He drew the holding on Trent Williams early on. He had three tackles. So, uh, no, that was cool to see for sure. He beats Jake Moody and uh, and the rest of the Niner gang there, uh, Ronnie Bell and Ambry Thomas. But, yeah, I mean, this is a guy who is certainly an up-and-comer, a guy that, you know, Luke Fickle has had some great defenses throughout his career, knows defense a guy that's been a trusted agent, you know, of Luke Fickle. And seems like the next step would be, hey, get a raise, come to Michigan, where you can recruit a little bit better. I was uh, looking at some comments from EJ Holland, our recruiting reporter over on thewolverine.com. And, you know, some of the big pulls that, uh, you know, Scruggs got to Wisconsin were guys that Michigan didn't necessarily prioritize. But I think now, if you're at Michigan, you have a little bit more of an opportunity to pull some of those guys and by all accounts, he still had some impressive recruiting wins. So that's him on the trail, but also development, um, you know, is, is a key piece as well. But your thoughts on this expected hire that Michigan could uh, make a little bit of a splash here within the Big Ten as they try to build out that defensive staff. I only started kind of looking into him today since I, I had been on vacation for the last week. But uh, yep. it's uh, I mean, you look at the fact that, you know, obviously he knows Sharon going back to when. Uh, you know, Sharon was uh, a coach and he was a player at Louisville and, and, uh, then they were both coaches together. And so he has a little bit of that overlap and, and it's always good to see, you know, someone being pulled up kind of the same way that Jim Harbaugh pulled, uh, Grant Newsom up, obviously much different, right? Because, uh, Scruggs has already long been a, uh, been a college, uh, position coach as well as uh, an assistant in the NFL, but having, having a young guy trying to make a name for himself, like you mentioned, the Cincinnati defense, I mean, that's all development, right? There's no, there's no world in which, you know, and even the year before they, uh, they went to the college football playoff, they gave Georgia all they could handle in that, uh, in that peach bowl, I believe it was, or whatever it was. Yeah. I can't remember. It was one of the BCS. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they gave Georgia all they could handle in that game. And, uh, certainly defensively, they, you know, they got to, uh, a, the journeyman JT Daniels over and over again. And that speaks to his ability uh, just kind of looking at this last year at Wisconsin, uh, not a, right now, um, I shouldn't say right now, this was last year, but you look and you see a lot of uh, pressure more from the outside linebackers, More, uh, but how much did Wisconsin have uh, interior guys that can actually get to the quarterback? And certainly if you look at Michigan any other year, uh, the, the stats would look kind of similar. So I'm curious to see what, what a young guy uh, of with his pedigree Someone that again, you know, he, he's got the Super Bowl, uh, 
rings. He's got the, uh, the, uh, he's young. He can go into some rooms and, and have that fire and have that relation, right? That's the type of thing that helps change the culture in Ann Arbor along with the uh, team ownership uh, of it all. So uh, I think just having that youth, especially because if you don't have the youth at the defensive coordinator position, uh, you should probably have it at some of the others. And I think that that will certainly, that can certainly help. I mean, he looks like a dude still. Uh, just seeing, yeah, I can't see the picture like you on the screen, but yeah. uh, I saw some pictures earlier and it was like, yeah, that's, I, I, you know, they, they, you know, let them strap it on for a couple plays a game. You know, it's, it's only fair. Uh, but you know, I, I like the idea of it and I, you know, I, I trust pretty much anyone Luke Fickle brings in. He's done a phenomenal job after his one year stint uh, at Ohio state in 2011, really just uh, been excellent everywhere he's gone. He's made really good hires. So uh, I think that that's uh, that's a really good one, especially it speaks to, uh, in a way, how good he is, right? For the sake of, he was with Luke Fickle, went to the NFL, and then when Luke Fickle came calling again, he came back to college, even though he was on that trajectory. So uh, for him to leave Luke Fickle uh, certainly doesn't speak w- well of loyalty. So we can go ahead and call him disloyal right off the bat. Uh, kidding, of course. But nonetheless, it, it it speaks to where the Michigan program is. And as well as the fact that he has followed Luke Fickle going from that director of player personnel uh, all the way in what, 2018 in Cincinnati Mm -hmm. to being a position coach there to getting that chance in the NFL to coming back to college and now seemingly Michigan. uh, I I think it's a great trajectory and that's the type of guy that you want to bring in. And you're right. He looks like he could potentially play, you know, maybe, uh, maybe he needs to work with Jay Tress, you know, and, uh, and get fully up to speed. But when he's holding that bag, and, uh, you know, guys are trying to hit him. He's going to have a little bit of resistance to him. And when he's holding that bag, the guys that are going to be hitting him are pretty damn good players. If you're him, you would have to imagine that he's pretty excited about the defensive line that it looks like he's going to work with, right? Especially the guys on the interior. I mean, that's a big selling point. And I think that's really the strength of this team if you go in next year. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's obvious. There's obviously reasons why you see uh, fans from other fan bases getting excited about uh, Michigan having the transfer portal window open uh, at the moment. And right. it's, it's really centered around two guys. And that that's, again, I, I didn't really see a lot of Wisconsin last year. I think the only game I saw from Wisconsin was their, uh, their loss to Ohio state. I mean, they, they did a really good job up front uh, against the Ohio state offensive line. Now that I think about it, uh, in that game, but it's having that, having what he had at Wisconsin, which has always, it's been a developmental program for a long time, right? It's, it's not one where you're going to get a lot of uh, four and five-star recruits specifically on defense. They're, they're looking to identify and develop guys. They've done a great job of that uh, under the stewardship of Barry Alvarez for a very long time. Uh, But uh, nonetheless, it, it has to be an absolutely tantalizing situation because I, I can't tell you anywhere else that probably has the best one-two punch at the interior tackle than Michigan right now. So, you know, for him to come in, I mean, he's going to certainly going to work and ingratiate himself uh, with his talent and, and do everything he can to, to want to keep them here, at least from a, uh, Hey, we're going to, we're going to tailor make this to you guys because the, you know, this is the best situation you could come into honestly, as a defensive line coach, uh, working primarily with the defensive tackles. You didn't, that's not even to mention you've got guys like jo, you know, Josiah Stewart and Derek Moore 
uh, and, you know, lots of guys that you can work with on the uh, on the outside guys. We haven't even heard much about yet that have that potential, like, you know, at a in Cameron Brandt, uh, who probably would have gotten more time if they just weren't so loaded uh, at, at the uh, edge rusher position this last year. It's a great situation to come into. It would make all the sense of the world why he'd want to leave Wisconsin. And I, I think that the talent that you, he'll be working with, I mean, there's no reason why this thing can't keep rolling on the defensive side with with similar scheme, a really smart guy like Wink Martindale. And then if you're a young and up-and-comer like Scruggs is, I mean, this is like the perfect situation to uh, to kind of just continue your career trajectory. Could not agree more. Um, so, the, yeah, that is, you know, we'll see – it was reported about Steve Casula that he was going to be joining on. And then about a week later, he was announced. So these things can take some time in the final stages, but it looks like he has indicated Wisconsin that that's going to happen. His players, you saw some reaction on social media as well from them. So it, uh, you know, this is barring something crazy. seems like it will happen uh, for Michigan. I know I just hedged there a little bit, but you never know these days with coaching. I mean, you may think you have a head coach one day and you got next, you know, he leaves to become, a coordinator of another team in the same conference. So uh, there's a lot of craziness with this never ending coaching cycle, but it seems I mean, like I can, it, you don't even know sometimes until after spring, you know, we, we saw Brian Jean Marie and, uh, and uh, Mark, uh, what's his name? Linguist. Linguist. <laughs> yeah. We, we've seen those guys leave after spring in what consecutive years. So you just kind of never know what you're going to get. Right. Guy staying, then he leaves. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's move into the Q and a, portion of the show and our first comment really is from ej holland who says my guy isaiah the only guy in the market i like i assume that means also his co-workers you know it's separate no, just you know, me it just like means that. me yeah because we all right, go all the way back to 24 7 because we were 24 7 teammates tos so. we call him tos <laughs> <laughs> i love you so EJ. Thanks, thanks ej for chiming in yep ej is the best in the business on the recruiting beat um I'm going to start with some questions, so uh, make sure to get them in in the YouTube comments there if you're watching. Appreciate you doing that. We will get to as many as we can. Let's start, though, with a couple from the Fort, our message board over at thewolverine.com. And Sasquatch616 wonders, uh, and this is a long one, but it's hard to know what the football roster will look like after the spring transfer portal opens up. Based on your opinion today of what you expect will happen with transfers in and out of the program, what is your win-loss ceiling and floor for next fall if they keep almost all of the roster intact and manage to find a reasonable game manager quarterback in the portal? Can they make the playoffs? How deep of a playoff run are they capable of? I'll let you start on that one. Um, I'm not even going to necessarily say they need a quarterback uh, because certainly I'm, I'm personally tantalized by the idea of Alex Orgy uh, if they decide to utilize him like Jalen Milrow. And he's obviously got that experience in the – uh, for a month of bull prep. Uh, so I think that if you can keep everyone and then just identify, you know, wherever you feel like you have some holes, I think that wide receiver is kind of the bigger one. If you can go and get one one or two receivers that can help, uh, help be more of those outside guys, you know, get, try to find a speedster, like a Roman Wilson, that's a taller guy that can stretch the field, try to find a more of a possession receiver like Cornelius Johnson. I think Cornelius was really underrated. Uh, a lot of those times you saw like Michigan on, on third and long and Cornelius is making a catch right at the sticks. And, you know, it might not be in, you know, when the game zero zero, but certainly he was doing it when the game was on the line. 
finding some guys like that, I think if they can do that, and it's obviously going to depend on what names become available in the spring, if they're able to keep the bulk of the roster at that point, I mean, I don't see any reason why they can't make the playoff, but yes, yes, the schedule is hard, but you have most of your hard games at home. Uh, Ohio State's on the road, uh, obviously, but I mean, Texas loses some defensive pieces. They lose a couple offensive pieces like Xavier Worthy, uh, the what's his name, Ad- Addison. I can't remember his name, the, the wide receiver that transferred in from Georgia that they had. Uh, oh, that's yeah. Really good. yeah. Uh, so like they, they've still got a quarterback and, you know, they've got they've got some pieces and obviously their defensive uh, front has been good, but they lose. Uh, a lot of the, some of those guys as well. They can come to Ann Arbor. That's a that's a hard trip to make in season. Uh, you know, Michigan's gonna be able to give them their best shot, I think. And uh, you know, the other the other games you look at are Oregon and Ohio State. If you can get one or two of those, uh, I you know I think that you you could even just you could lose two and win one and get into these playoffs depending on how you lose. Because keeping in mind that it's a twelve team situation now. Uh, I, I certainly could see them getting there, winning one. Maybe, maybe that maybe the team coalesces and may, maybe they they're able to win one more. I mean, certainly, I don't think this is going to be a team that repeats. I mean, you just lose not just talent, but you lose a lot of leadership, and you just hope that a lot of those guys trained that next group to take up that mantle similarly. But uh, I won't know until I, I think we see it. But I, I certainly think that this could be a team that goes to the playoff. And certainly has that uh, potential to win one, maybe two games. Yeah, I, I don't love putting ceilings on teams because if you win one playoff game, you could win two, right? Um, and and on and on from there. I remember going into twenty twenty one, everyone was like, "Oh, eight wins at most," you know. Not everyone. I, I don't know if I don't think you were one of those people, but you know, people were saying that it's like, well, if you can beat, you know, a couple of those, you know, if you can win a couple of those toss up type of games, like an at Wisconsin that year, that sort of thing. Well, then you can win at Penn State. Like it's, you know, it's just tough to to cap it. So I know that's kind of a cop out because everyone loves to like put, you know, go on record and say, here's the floor, here's the ceiling. But I don't know that there is a ceiling. I don't know that they need a quarterback either. I, I do think it would be great to bring one in, at least for competition. But I agree with you on Alex Orgy. Really, if you're not going to have the high level receivers, then he's definitely your best option, in my opinion, if you go with the guys on the roster because him, running an effective offense isn't going to be dependent solely on the pass game because he is such a dynamic athlete And the Jalen Milrow comparison is not just one you brought up. It's not just one that Jim Harbaugh brought up. It's not just, you know, the, the role he was playing with the scout team leading up to the Rose bowl. But he told me after the Rose bowl as well, before the national championship game that he was watching Milrow all season long and kind of envisioning what that, that could look like. So I think that is, that is exciting. Milrow turned into a, pretty decent passer um in in you know we'll see where orgy is with that in his development but i think michigan can make the playoff next year either way i also think that they could struggle and they could lose you know four or five games if mm-hmm. if things broke a certain way as well so again it's not a hot take but that's just kind of where i sit here on february 12th um blue thunder go, before you continue i i predicted yeah. them to go ten and two because i did i did uh while on vacation i did a series of listicles that could go. So I predicted them to go 10 and two granted. You don't want to know who one of those two is, but that's what I predicted uh, them to, uh, to, to do this year. And I think that's fully possible, but yeah, seven and five is also on the table. We just have no idea. You think they could get in the playoff with three losses with this schedule? Yeah. If, 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 if they find themselves in a similar situation to like, say the 2016 team that lost three games by, I don't know. One was postseason, lost three games by a total of five points. 
I don't I I would find it I would find the committee led by uh our our collective boy Ward Manuel. Uh I think they would find uh find it really difficult to keep them out in that point. That's a good point for sure. And even losing three games with how tough of this schedule of a schedule that Michigan has, it still means you had some pretty quality wins in there mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Blue Thunder 24 wonders, is Clayton Safey on the fence about joining the Chargers beat? Would be a hu- huge loss for Michigan if we lose another one. Appreciate that. No man knows the future, Isaiah, but it would be kind of funny if Harbaugh just started plucking reporters out of Ann Arbor too. Well, you'd be one of them. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> you, you know, it's uh, you told me that you were staying, and I'm pretty sure you told a lot of the other coaches and players that you were staying. So, yeah. uh, bye, Clayton. This has been a absolute pleasure working with you, and uh, I'll I'll talk to you when I also join the Chargers beat. Yeah, I'm sure most of the players are waiting around you know as to what i will be doing next season but no i plan to uh, cover the michigan wolverines in 2024 that's all i got to say yeah planning Um, definitely planning that's right we got a super chat here go blue 982 am i wrong to think orgy is going to be more denard like if he is quarterback honestly i don't care about another national championship i just want to keep whipping ohio state that is fair like look the expectations and the goals at michigan always start with beating ohio state winning the Big Ten, then, of course, you want to compete for and win the national championship. But, yeah, I mean, to beat Ohio State this year, I think, would be a pretty good win given what they have, what that team's going to look like, and what Michigan lost from this past season. But I think he could be Denard-like, obviously more power, um, you know, maybe not as much speed in the in the open field. I mean, you remember some of those Denard runs, like the the 87-yarder against Notre Dame and, and all that. Um, but I think you could build an offense similarly around him, and I think that, I don't know exactly who it would be. I don't know. You don't have Ravens guys on the offensive side, but you kind of think of Lamar Jackson and what they did maybe pre-2023. I think that's a, a something that you could look at too, the way they built that thing. Yeah, he, he's got a cannon too. Don't forget, you know, we we saw him make that long pass to Samaj Morgan in the spring game. And obviously if you sit and watch any pregame warm-ups, he, 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 he's got it. I mean, it's not Joe Milton but in a good way and a bad way, right? Like he's not going to actually throw a 90 yard bomb, but he's also going to throw with a little bit of touch. So uh, I, I really like that uh, capability that he has. Yeah, And I, I agree with you. I don't think he's necessarily going to, to get into the, you know, get in the open field and be off to the races in a similar way. We've seen him get kind of get caught, but you know, he Milrow isn't that either. It's you, keeping in mind, you unlike Denard, who he's not a diminutive guy, but he was more of a track guy. And, you know, I know Orgy did that in high school and all, but it's he's built now like a linebacker. It's a different style of running and it's more it's less getting into the open field and then he's off to the races and good luck taking him down because he is bigger than you at the quarterback position. For sure. Um, great question. Thanks for that one. Go blue 982. We got Antoine Johnson uh, says Corey Parker from Toledo is a great area recruiter. I'm hoping Michigan gets some. Uh, along with Greg from Wisconsin. Both of them guys are great developers and recruiters. Appreciate the comment. Yeah, I mean, Corey Parker from Toledo is one that looks to be on the board for Michigan's either cornerbacks coach job or defensive backs in general. He was at River Rouge for a while as the head coach. Do you happen – did you ever cross paths with him at all, Isaiah? I'm sure I did. I I know the name, uh, so I'm sure I have. Uh, I never developed a relationship with him. If that, if me saying that is any indication, Uh, River Rouge only really ever had one uh, one player that uh, 
that I covered and he ended up going to Clemson and Ruk or Horo or I don't know, or Hor Horo or something. I can't remember to say how his name uh, went. It was just a, uh, a lots of, uh, uh, H O R's in there, but, uh, no, so I didn't really connect with him much, but I know I've crossed paths with him. Uh, at some point, I just don't really remember that interaction, but yeah, I think that, uh, you know, he would be a guy that would be really great for recruiting Detroit. And that's always needed, especially when there's a coaching change and, uh in east lansing right you don't want there to to be a situation where suddenly all the top players from detroit are going there like they were in the uh the d'antonio days you want to be able to keep that pipeline uh going so i think that having more detroit guys is always a great great uh scenario to have doesn't have a ton of experience in the college game but like you said i mean ron bellamy's on staff he came from that path um and you know he would be able to recruit detroit did a great job developing Quinion Mitchell, who's one of the top corners in this year's draft. Multiple All-America honors this past season. First team All-Mac as well. He led the country with pass uh, with 25 pass breakups. So he's a guy that's kind of making his name right now. And he could be one of those up-and-coming guys, again, you know, maybe more up-and-coming uh, in terms of experience at the college level than Scruggs, but somebody kind of along the same lines there. And then you have a veteran defensive coordinator. So he's on the board. Um, and we will kind of monitor, um, as I'm sure you will as well, uh, some yep. of those candidates as time goes on here and Michigan continues to search. Um, let's see. Let me get to another one. Sasquatch616 says, question for Isaiah. You and the boys from the Wolverine, Ballas, Safety, and Broom are doing an impromptu two-on-two pickup basketball game, and you get to pick your teammate. Who do you choose and why? He says, if it sways your opinion, all the game will be played on one of those Nerf hoops. Uh, you hang on the back of your door so Clayton will be able to dunk. That's fair. That's that's important to know. Well, I mean, I would pick Clayton uh, for not just because he's on the show, but we would have a height advantage. Uh, Clayton, we could about, them up for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm six one. You're what six two? So I think we could, uh, you know, Ballas is he doesn't like to let people know this, but he's he's actually like four eleven. So uh, you know, <laughs> we 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 could really just dominate. Um, I love all, I love all the guys, but yeah, I would pick I would pick Clayton. Now we know whether or not he's watching because you're if he is, we're both about to get a text uh, because yeah. he's not four eleven for the record. But um, I mean, he's it's not four eleven five one. He doesn't like the you know he wears those platform shoes so he can go around. Yeah, we'll definitely know if he's watching because uh, any any second now, I expect my uh, expect my phone to go off. All right, let's move on to Hoops Coach N3D. He says, can you break down the importance of Sean McGee's role as the football GM and all he'll be responsible for? From what I've read, this is an exciting hire. I mean, yeah, it seems like he's going to be responsible for a lot, you know, kind of overseeing both recruiting, NIL. You know, I'm, I'm sure scouting goes into that as well, operations, to be the general manager of the program. And I think that that's something that is become kind of a hot thing in college football with all the different responsibilities these coaches have now, these head coaches have where you need somebody to kind of handle a lot of the administrative stuff. Uh, I talked to somebody who was on Michigan's coaching staff for a couple seasons when uh, Sean McGee was also at Michigan under Jim Harbaugh. And that person said that he did everything behind the scenes. Um, and then I also talked to somebody who worked with him in Chicago and they said he did uh, with the Chicago bears where he was last uh, there for a couple seasons said that he was awesome. You know, he did a great job and he was about to go to Oklahoma to kind of do the, a similar thing there, play a similar role. But Sharon Moore was like, wait, did you, had you signed yet? 
And he's like, no, I haven't. And he's like, hold on, let me let me talk to you about a role we have in mind here. Sharon Moore able to get him at the last minute, I think is huge for the program. And it sounds like he's going to have, you know, wear a lot of different hats, but he's also going to build a staff around him in the recruiting side of things and uh, all the different areas that could do a lot of the work too. And he's just going to get them organized. And I think that you need to do that in today's college football, especially with a guy, fair or not, like Sharon Moore hasn't been head coach yet. And, you know, there's a lot that needs to be done behind the scenes. Well, uh, the, the last that Michigan fans heard about uh, a Navy guy, it was about their meticulousness and uh, ability to go above and beyond. So um, I, I, I really like uh, Sean McGee. I've obviously known him for his en- entire tenure during, uh, during his first stint at Michigan. And yeah, I mean, he's, he's got that level of Navy meticulousness. He's got a very large family and able to, he's able to run that run football and, and he was always uh, had a really good handle on uh, what the team was, what the team needed, and uh, all of those types of things uh, in, during uh, his first tenure. And I just I remember just how sharp he was. Right, he he could always uh, tell me exactly how a game was going to go before a game. Right, and he would say like you know if if we win, it's because we were able to do this well, this well, this well, this well, this well, and this well. And if we didn't, it's because, you know, in, there were just moments in, where we weren't in practice able to get this going or this or that, this or that. So he, he knows the game. He knows what it's like to be in Ann Arbor, uh, extremely meticulous. That's everything that you really kind of want, right? And he, he was initially brought on to be a recruiting guy and ended up being more of a general manager for Jim Harbaugh. Uh, so it, it's, it, 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 you know, I was disappointed to see him to go in the first place. So for him to come back, especially when now he's got the NFL experience, well, I was being sought after by uh, an SEC school, we can say now. He's, uh, yeah, I don't even think of them as SEC. Yeah. So it, it's uh, right now it's Big Ten over the SEC. Uh, no, I, th- I think it's a great it's a great hire and it's a it's a it's a good thing for continuity because remember, he was around in 2021 when when it all started. Right. So uh, he knows what the what the bad years look like. He knows what the good years look like in Ann Arbor and what it takes to have more of the good years. So I think it's great. No doubt. And when you think of it too, like Jim Harbaugh always kind of had a right-hand man. It was Colonel Jim Minnick in the beginning. You know, Sean McGee kind of played that role in the middle of his tenure. Biff Pogey comes back, plays that role for sure before he left for Charlotte to become their head coach. And then really Ben Herbert, you know, last year and obviously the years before that too, but he he promotes him to associate head coach. I think that's that has as much to do with Ben Herbert leaving Michigan for Los Angeles as it does, you know, the impact that he's going to have on the chargers from a strength and conditioning standpoint, like Jim Harbaugh wants his guys around him. Jim Harbaugh wants a guy who's going to help build that culture there. And I think Sean McGee, you know, he's not going to be the strength coach, right? He's not going to be as hands-on with the players and everything in that way. But, um, you know, I think that Sharon Moore needs that guy on his staff to, uh, to help him out in that way. We do have time for a few more. We have a super chat here. Uh, to make sure you get your comment in, um, please send in a super chat just so we can see it and, and get to you right away. We'll prioritize that. But go blue 982 with another one it says off topic. Does Michigan see Florida State as a conference foe in 2025? Man, I hate all this conference expansion. I don't really keep that much up to it, uh, up with it, to be honest with you. But what are your thoughts on that? I'm going to say no, but I would love it. Uh, I, yeah, I, I've long idealized. Uh, it's just to me, that's part of. Growing up, college football—you know—you turn on, turn on the TV at noon, and it, you know it's 
it's overcast, but you can see the humidity in the air in Tallahassee. I would absolutely love it if they uh, if they got to to play uh, Florida State on a regular basis like that. But I I, I don't know. I just I think what they should what eventually is going to happen is there's just going to be one big me- mega conference, right? And then what they can do is they can take the best teams in a region, right? And then they can break those down into smaller groups that play each other all the time. And then you can even break those regions in by you know by two. And then you know maybe you have a couple that you play in the you play everyone in one, and then play a couple in another. I think that's probably where we're going eventually. Did you just reinvent what we just had for the last forty years? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty much. I agree time. with you. It's like how now you're getting the bundle of Fox, ESPN, and Turner are doing like a streaming service together. They just reinvented cable. But yeah, yeah. eventually everyone's going to join like two conferences. Then they're going to have to split up, and around and around we go. But yeah, I agree. Appreciate the uh, the question there. We got a couple from GR Wolverine twenty one. Does CMU? It's a good one for Isaiah. Does CMU in the NCAA know? who the person was at the CMU Michigan State game. I think it's been over 100 days now since the NCAA joined that investigation with CMU, and there has been no answer on it. That tells you how great of an organization the NCAA is. I think they think they know, but they don't know. That's, prove that's it. All. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, can't, they haven't been able to prove anything. So uh, they've been spinning their heels in frustration because they, uh, you know, we don't know. You know, we have no idea who that, uh, that you know, man in the hat when the sunglasses was definitely he uh gr wolverine 21 also wonders how much did the time off before the bulls help blake Corum and donovan edwards in the playoffs i thought the same thing um where especially for blake throughout the year he looked a little bit healthier a little bit more back to form from 2022 i mean 2022 for blake Corum was about as good of a season you could have as a running back i mean he was he was ridiculous. I don't think he ever really looked quite like that in 2023, but he did more so as the year went on. And then I think, you know, he was great against Ohio State. He was great against Penn State late in the year in November. But then that time off, I think, really helped him because against Alabama, that was as fresh as he had looked. And, you know, just everything was on point And, I mean, made some massive, massive plays, including the final touchdown. I mean, I think the whole team, it wasn't just those two, you know, like – it's just a big difference. I know this is before your time covering the team, but uh, get have, having uh, the ESPN reporter who asked Jim Harbaugh, when, you know, one of the guys going to get to see uh, bikinis, right? Because back then, Jim Harbaugh would not let them even partake in uh, for bull prep. It would not even let them partake in like the typical bull week activities because he was like, no, we're not doing that. We're practicing instead. And, you know, I think that finally kind of getting through his head, like, you know what, maybe it's a good idea for us to just kind of lay off. Like we didn't have many press conferences in Ann Arbor, uh, the, the post-practice press conference and in the lead up to the Rose Bowl. Whereas like, I remember all those other bowl games, like it was basically the same exact week that you had uh, every single week until you got to the, until they, you know, flew out, right. You'd still have like three press conferences a week. So I think that, uh, because of that he finally sat there and looked at it and said, you know what, week off, let's just, you know, keep these bodies fresh, you know, it was something that was similar uh, that Nick Saban said on the uh, Welcome to the Rose Bowl teleconference that uh, I'm sure you were on as we drove back uh, yep. from Indianapolis. Uh, and so I think that that honestly, that does something right. And I think that, you know, obviously it was most visible in the two running backs because they finally looked more like they did the year before mid season. So it's excellent. 
And the O-line, I think, looked fresh as well. And they needed that time in that month to kind of gel again on the right side. And even Drake Nugent missed a bunch of time during that month, but he got himself himself healthy after really – he said he probably shouldn't have played in the Big Ten championship game, but he gets healthy. That line gels, and the offensive line played their two best games, I thought, of the season, arguably. I guess you could you could throw Ohio State in there the way they, they ran the ball late in that game, but uh, it was a huge month off, and I think Jim Harbaugh really did make those the adjustments that you mentioned. Those were really beneficial. And the last one, I, I think this is a good one, too, from J.R. Wolverine 21, looking back on the 2023 season. At what point this year did Michigan look like the best team in the country? He says, for me, it was once Harbaugh came back in game four. I'd say game five, coming out of the Nebraska game, it was kind of like, I know that was kind of the time of year when the Georgia and Alabama wasn't quite up you know, to what they ended up being. You kind of looked around the country and you were like, I think Michigan is the best team. Then, you know, there were a couple times like the Maryland game and, and other spots where maybe you didn't believe it. Uh, it. It's, you know, to a certain extent that they were the best team in the country. But, man, I mean, they, they were the best team in the country pretty much the whole year when you look back. It's funny because they don't get the same type of credence that like Georgia did uh, in either of the last two years. But they did kind of what Georgia did each of the last two years. Uh, and they did it with like you can you know a lot of rival people will say it's self-imposed adversity but yeah i mean it's still adversity you know it doesn't matter if it's self-imposed or not and you know they from that stretch from nebraska through uh through purdue i mean really they were just clowning everybody you know it was it's funny because purdue was like oh man michigan looks off and with like a minute to go they're up 41 to six right <laughs> like it wasn't like 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 they yeah they didn't look good and they still just absolutely annihilated them like so it, it was i i'm gonna agree with you with nebraska i mean no, you know nebraska was just pretty like wow and then you go to minnesota i mean even pj flex like that's the best team i've ever seen uh that was to me i think yeah. when pj flex said that and i kind of looked those two games that that two game road stretch was when i started to believe a little bit Oh, so you don't believe? You believe now? I don't believe. I, I did pick them preseason. Did you pick them to win it all preseason? I think I did. Uh, okay. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure I did. I, I, th- I think. Wait, no. I I, I might have done. Uh, I think I picked them to lose the bowl game. The, I picked them to go to the playoff and picked them to lose, but, but it wasn't because I believe didn't believe it was the same type of thing as. Uh, you don't believe. Yeah, I don't believe. I think it was the uh, the same. The, not I think it was the same mentality I had. You know where when it started to feel like Michigan could beat Ohio state, but I was still picking them to lose to Ohio state. Cause I was like, listen, I've been through this. I'm I'm I, I'll pick them when they do it, you know, after they do it. So I had that same mentality. For sure. Well, Isaiah, thank you so much for joining us uh, for a full 58 minutes. I hope it didn't take too much of your time. Isaiah does fantastic work over at wolverineswire.com part of the USA today network he's also the host of locked on wolverines podcast uh fantastic listen as well michigan alum and you can follow him on twitter at isaiah hole uh, so find him there but uh man appreciate you doing it and uh yeah hope you get uh back in the full swing of things after uh vacation but thanks for yeah, doing it, man. I'm taking this is pretty much the extent of work today so just taking it go. taking it easy and as as Anthony and I pass the torch one to the other of traveling to and from Orlando. True. Yep. Anthony on vacation this week. So we'll be back 
at it on Thursday. Chris Ballas and I here on the Wolverine.com podcast, but make sure to join us on the Wolverine.com. Subscribe to the YouTube channel here, like the video, and we will see everyone next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.